Hello and welcome to the Troy Francis podcast with me, Troy Francis. So look, it's been bloody ages, hasn't it? It's been absolutely ages since I last put one of these out and I would like to say that there's all sorts of amazing reasons for that because I've been, you know, collecting my chakras or doing a lot of inner child work or, you know some kind of worthy charity type thing in Africa. But unfortunately, that's not the case. It's basically because I'm really lazy. Um, Well, it's kind of because I'm really lazy. It's it's for a number of reasons, really. Um, Various other sort of work commitments have taken over. I guess I've been in a process of sort of rethinking a lot of my content over the last uh, little while, which I'll get into in a minute. And Yeah, you know, I've just taken a bit of a hiatus from this. I had some tech uh, issues in the background as well, which I've been looking at, which obviously is not, you know, your problem, but uh, it was my problem and that sort of held things up. And the other thing is, um, you know, a bit of moving around, a bit of travel has occurred in the last few weeks or a couple of months. And uh, yeah, so all of those things combined have meant that I haven't been putting out the podcast regularly in the way that I did before. And for that, I apologize, my friends, because I know a lot of you like this podcast. I know you get value from it. I certainly like doing it. So, you know, it's time to turn over a new leaf and start afresh. So what I'm looking at doing in terms of content, because I've been thinking about this carefully for a long time, really, uh, in terms of the content that I put out in on Twitter, on my blog, this podcast, there's videos as well on YouTube, and then there's Instagram. And, you know, you, you start to think, well, what is optimal, both for the audience, but also for myself as well, and what helps me to get the message across in the best way possible. And What I think I was doing, and this is work in progress, so let's see how it goes, but what I think I was doing was probably publishing too much content on my blog. And to be frank, too much content on my blog that probably wasn't very good because I was doing a a daily article on the blog for a long, long time. And for a while that was going very well and I was getting good traction, but as things started to change, And as the nature of the content I was putting out started to shift, I found, you know, writing a daily article kind of, it's not an easy thing to do. And sometimes you come in late and you're sitting down, racking your brains, thinking, okay, what am I going to talk about today? And you end up half-arsing it to some extent. Now, I'm not saying that that was my intention. I'm not saying that was what happened with all of the articles that I've put out. I certainly hope you don't think that's the case anyway, because I've always tried to provide as much value as I can. However, the reality is you've got to do an article every day. At some point, the quality is going to dip just a little bit. And all due respect to Seth Godin, who still puts out an article every day and uh, is is a great writer. You know, I guess we we can only aspire to uh, come up to his level. And for me, I found I was getting a bit drained. I don't think the quality of everything I was putting out was where I would like it to be. And so what I decided to do was to revert to a weekly article or a weekly essay schedule instead. And this is as far as, as I say, written content on the blog goes. Now, if you look at many other high-profile bloggers within the men's self-improvement stroke dating space, and I'm thinking of people like Rollo Tomasi, uh, Black Label Logic, uh, 
Black Dragon, to name but a few. What they tend to do is to put out a weekly longer form essay, which comes out on a particular day of the week, and then that's it for the week. And I've been thinking about that, and I thought, well, why don't I do the same thing? Because, to be honest, what I would prefer to do is to put out a decent 2,000-word essay every week rather than doing a five or 600-word article every day that just kind of isn't that good. And maybe that sounds lazy. I hope it doesn't. But it's not that I'm doing less writing. I'm doing the writing. It's just that the writing I'm doing is writing for books, which ultimately is the more important thing anyway. You know, really, as much as I like writing blog posts, um, that is not the core element of what I want to do here. The core element of what I want to do here is to write books and to write high quality books. And so my thinking is, okay, commit to an essay a week for the blog uh, and then spend the rest of the time writing higher quality um, book form content. Now, having said all of that, there is one small caveat here, which is that I do have my daily email list. And for that, I will continue to write on a daily basis. Now, in reality, it's not seven days a week. It's actually more like five days a week. I tend to send the email out every day during the five days of the working week and then usually pretty much take the weekend off. So if you liked daily content from me and if that's something that you still want, then I would encourage you to sign up for my daily email because that way you will get a daily about 500 words maybe a bit less uh, little piece of writing from me every day now what that is about is much more sort of dating game advice if you like that's where I'm encapsulating those little nuggets of well if you want to approach a girl why don't you try doing this or this is a really important thing that you have to bear in mind when you are going out to meet girls to, to date. So if that's the kind of stuff that you want, then I would highly encourage you to get on my email list because that's where it's going to be going. The content on the blog, I want to, I just want to take it a bit upmarket. You know, I look at Black Label Logic and those guys and I think, Jesus, these guys are doing really high quality stuff. And, you know, I want to be doing that as well. So the essays on the blog are going to be a bit more meta level. They're going to be about sexual di intersexual dynamics. They're going to be about the dating marketplace. They're going to be about some of the more philosophical questions, I suppose, that face us in terms of not just around dating, but around how we live our lives in general. You know, are we collectivists? Are we individuals? Are we libertines? Are we conservatives? You know, all of those bigger questions about what life is and what life is for a man in his 30s or 40s, which I am now, uh, you know, are, are going to be what I'm going to be delving into on the main blog. And some of the smaller sort of tactical tip type stuff is going to be addressed within the daily email. So, so yeah, you know, read the daily, sorry, read the weekly article on the blog by all means. But if you want the regular updates on on game tips and advice, then get onto the daily email, which I will leave the link for in the description for this. So that is that. Now, how does the podcast fit into this? Well, I really like doing the podcast, and I think the podcast has a lot of value. And when I was at my height with the podcast, I know I was getting a lot of listens, particularly through SoundCloud. I've still not worked out how to uh, track properly the... Uh, 
engagement on iTunes for some reason, which is really annoying. But, you know, I'll get into that myself uh, and I'll, I'll sort that out. I'm using Libsyn now anyway, and I think, I think that's a bit more helpful in terms of looking at, um, looking at reach and engagement and stuff. Um, so, yeah, anyway, so with the podcast, I really like doing it. I think it fits quite well into along with the writing. So what I'm proposing to do is to do the podcast again on a weekly basis on and releasing the episodes on Monday. So today is Monday the I don't even know what date it is. Monday the 8th of July and I'm recording this in London and I will put it out later on today. So yeah, so Mondays you can expect the podcast for the week about half an hour, sometimes longer maybe. Uh, Fridays I will put out the long form article on the blog and I will probably do a video each week of some kind as well to put onto YouTube. I haven't quite decided on that yet so don't hold me to it. My YouTube channel again is, has been slightly in flux while I think about the direction of things. If you've been on there you'll see some advice videos, some infield footage and things like that. Um, I'm quite interested actually in doing more live streaming to be honest and I did a live stream yesterday on Periscope which runs on Twitter that was pretty cool I quite like doing live streaming I'm more into that than these sort of high production value cleverly edited videos that you get guys like Tom Torero doing and stuff largely because I'm just not very good at it you know it's not really my skill set I think my skill set is fundamentally writing but then after that, it is talking, it's discussing ideas, uh, you know, it's getting into the nuts and bolts of things, sharing my reflections, sharing my story, my aspirations, my philosophies, the way I approach life. And, you know, that goes very well through audio, which is why the podcast is good for me. And it kind of goes well through live stream or discussion as well. I don't know if you saw... But a few weeks ago, I was on uh, the Ryan Stone's show with Black Label Logic, and we were shooting the shit, talking some crap about uh, dating, about degeneracy, about life choices and things. So that was a lot of fun. And yeah, those those sort of live stream discussion type formats, I really like it, I think. And the difficulty, I, 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 again, I've sort of procrastinated on my YouTube channel for a few weeks for various reasons, uh, but fundamentally it comes down to thinking about the the direction that I'm going to take it in because I've always said you know I'm, I'm not I'm not really a video person I mean I don't mind doing it and I think I've got better in front of the camera and you know I think I can I can do it but do I want that to be my main thing well not really no you know I really all I've ever wanted to do is to sit in a room and, and write you know to and write books and so the whole thing about running around Oxford Street and making advice videos and things. I mean, yeah, I could do it. It could be fun, but it's not really my thing. And, uh, you know, I think as we as we grow and as we, we get older, we have to accept that there, there are certain things that are our skill set. And those are probably the things that we should be, be concentrating on. And as I say, for me, I think it's writing and I think it's writing longer form, you know, good quality content. And that's really what I want to be doing. So this podcast is a, is a little addendum to that if you like I'll probably put out some sort of video content as well but it's not really you know it, it's never I don't think it's ever going to be my key thing I'm not a youtuber per se it's just something that I do to support the rest of the the stuff Instagram 
Oh, that's a whole other story. Um, yeah, I haven't done anything on Instagram for a while. I will probably start posting on Instagram again. I mean, again, you know, it's 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 icing on the cake for me, really. It's not the cake because the cake has to be writing in a sort of pictorial format. You know, I, I, I want to say I struggle with it. I don't struggle with it. It's not difficult to put photos on Instagram. It's just that, again, it's not really my main thing. It's not really the core thing that I want to be doing, which, as I say, is providing written content to you guys about dating, about the sexual marketplace, um, and about societal issues as well. So moving on to the next thing, um, I have a new book coming out, which will be coming out, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a date now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, an actual publication date. So I am going to say this book is going to come out on Friday the 19th of July. Um, on Amazon. So this book is called Approach Her Like Chad, How to Meet Beautiful Girls with Rockstar Fearlessness Today. So meet, uh, Approach Her Like Chad, How to Meet Beautiful Girls with Rockstar Fearlessness Today. Now, what this is, is a re fairly short, snappy book that tackles this whole thing about approach anxiety. Because earlier in the year, I did a survey of readers, which you may have been involved with. So thank you if you were. And I did some, some survey stuff on Twitter as well to find out what guys still struggle with, what guys really want to find out about when it comes to dating and attraction and, and women and so on. And what it came down to was they want to know how to approach. Now, <laughs> and this is something I've talked to other dating coaches about. And it's almost a it's almost a frustration because you kind of think, well, after all this time, you know, we've put out all this content, we're talking about this stuff the whole time. Um, and uh, people still, the main thing that people want to know is how do I approach? <laughs> how do I go up to her and talk to her? <clears throat> Excuse me. So yeah, in a way, um, it is um, a frustration, but on the other hand, I get it. You know, I get it. I mean, going up and talking to a girl that you find beautiful is, is for a guy, is really nerve-wracking, particularly when, you know, um, so much store is set upon coolness these days, upon our looks, upon, you know, our ability to be successful with the opposite gender. There's a lot of pressure, and there's a lot of pressure on guys to go and do this and to get it right. And it's really, really difficult. So I was thinking about different ways to present the information on how to approach. And what I was thinking was, and I, you know, I, I was thinking I could do a general guide, you know, how to approach girls. This is what you must do. You must make sure that you are dressed well. You must groom yourself correctly. You must, uh, here are some lines that you can use. Go up to her and smile and create eye contact. And you know, I could have written a very basic uh, book which gave away, you know, the kind of inf kind of advice that we've all heard before and has been regurgitated time and time again over the last 15 years. But I thought I wanted to get more to the roots of how I overcame my own approach anxiety. And I wanted to get more into the sort of the deeper kind of mindsets around it. Because I think what you actually need to do is create real change within yourself without sounding too sort of woo-woo about it. Um, and so, and then I got to thinking about naturals, which is something I think about a lot in my work. And I've written about this a lot over the years because it's all very well to have somebody who says, yeah, I'm a pickup artist and I've learned all of these game techniques and these are the amazing tips and techniques that I've learned. But, you know, what about the guys that just do this stuff naturally? 
What about the guys that, uh, you, you know, they don't even, they don't read forums. They don't read Twitter about day game. They don't read like, you know, books about game or anything because they can just do it naturally. So, you know, what are those guys doing? And surely that's really what, what everyone should be aspiring to. You know, why go to somebody who has done a course on playing the, you know, um, what can I say? Would you rather be taught French by somebody who has done a course on French and can speak to a good ability or by a native speaker of French? I think most people would go to the native speaker because it's just more sort of authentic, isn't it? It's just, it's not something that they've learned. It's something that they just naturally, well, it is something that they've learned because they learned it when they were a child, but it's something that's it's sort of inherent in them in a way that it's not for the person who, uh, for whom French is their second language. So I hope that analogy works. I think it kind of works. You know what I'm saying? So what I wanted to do in this book was to look at the, the natural, and I've called the natural Chad because, as you'll be aware, if you've spent some time on this, this part of the internet, uh, the term Chad is used a lot for the guy who is just naturally confident, good-looking, jacked, suave, great with girls, the guy that, for whom none of this is a problem. So I called the book Approach Her Like Chad because I wanted to see what lessons that we can learn from Chad. Now, immediately, guys are going to be saying... Well, we can't learn anything from Chad because Chad is six foot seven and he's incredibly good looking and he has a square jaw. And, you know, if you don't have those things, then you're not going to get the success that he gets. Well, I would disagree with that because I would say, OK, fine, those things may be true. And if you are a five foot seven uh, dude and you are not jacked and you don't look like that, then, uh, you know, clearly those are those are elements at least in terms of your success and we can't ignore that but I believe that there is a lot that we can learn from the natural and the reason I say that is because I remember once uh, Tyler uh, Owen Cook from RSD saying something that's always stuck with me which is the naturally good-looking guy behaves in a certain way in social situations with girls and he does that because he has had good feedback in the past because of his good looks. And so he acts in a naturally masculine, cocky, funny, teasing sort of manner because he knows that he can get away, you know, he knows that it's effective. Um, and that behavior has been encouraged in him because of the fact that he's good looking. Now, what Owen then said was, but we can still do those behaviours. If you're not that Chad good-looking guy, you can still do those behaviours. The reason that you're not doing them at the moment is because you don't feel like you've got the societal permission to do it. But if you did do, do it, then you would see your results in the dating marketplace start to increase because you'd be acting in a naturally attractive manner. The, and the reason, is, again, that you're not doing that at the moment is not because it's impossible for you to do it, it's because you think that you're not allowed to. And if you can free yourself from the shackles of that belief, that belief that you're not allowed to behave in a certain way, then you're going to find that... And it's, you know, of course, you're not going to get every girl. It's not going to work all the time. But you are going to find that your results start to improve because you're behaving in a manner that is more like the kind of sexy guy that the girl wants. So... That's the fundamental 
underlying principle of the book, if you like. It's what, let's have a look at what Chad's do. Let's have a look at what the naturally successful guys do. And let's see how we can take some of those things and implement them into our own mindset, implement them into our own game so that we start to get better results. Uh, and then I put the subtitle, How to Meet Beautiful Girls with Rockstar Fearlessness today, just to clarify uh, what this is about for people who may not know the word Chad. But yeah, basically, how can you become absolutely fearless when you're doing this stuff? Now, I'm not going to lie, you know, approach anxiety never goes away. And if I was to, you know, be asked to go out and approach a girl right now, you know, I'm sitting in my uh, not pajamas, but you know, I'm dressed scruffily. I'm looking scruffy. I'm, you know, whatever. Um, would that be a nerve-wracking thing? Well, yeah, probably. Yeah, it would. I mean, of course. But what I can tell you is that having studied this stuff for 15 years now, and having been in many, 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 many thousands of interactions over the years with different girls, my approach anxiety is minimal. That's not to say I don't get it. But it is minimal. And, you know, my background, I was an incredibly shy kid. You know, I was incredibly shy. I was, I, I lacked self-esteem. I was really down on myself. I had really bad acne for a long time. So I kind of hated myself because of that, because I, I felt ugly. I felt unlovable. I felt unattractive. All of those things. And so the reason that I am the right person to be teaching you this stuff is because for me, really, the, the metamorphosis that I've, take, I've um, experienced in, in my life has been quite extraordinary. I mean, I'm nothing like the person that I was when I was 15 in terms of, I mean, I am like it in terms of some of my beliefs and some of, you know, the way my mind works. But in terms of the way that I am socially, I'm completely different. And if you'd have met me then, you would never have thought it was possible that I've gone on to do the things that I've done. But the way that I went on to do those things is because of my mindsets. And that can sound woo-woo, that can sound hippie-ish and like kind of kind of bogus and false, but it's absolutely 100% true. Approaching and getting good in social situations generally, because this stuff crosses over into the social sphere. It's not just about meeting girls, it's about, it's about meet, you know, dealing with guys, it's about networking, it's about being socially, or, you know, confident and good. Um... That doesn't come naturally to me. And, it, and the reason that I'm now able to do it at all is because of the mindset shift that I brought, brought about in myself. And so really, that's what I encapsulate in this book. I try to explain exactly how I did it. I draw out some of the elements of Chad, some of the elements of these successful guys that we want to emulate. And I explain exactly how you can take on those elements yourself. So if you are looking to improve your ability to approach if you're looking to improve your ability to go up and talk to girls and get great results then this is absolutely the book that you need and that will be coming out as i say on the 19th pre-orders will be up soon so i encourage you to look out for that i encourage you to pre-order and to take advantage of the information when it gets released so that's it. Approach her like Chad, how to meet beautiful girls with rock star fearlessness today out on July the 19th. Uh, if you're interested in my other writing about game and dating, you can buy Renegade Dating Blueprint, which is my bundle of nine books. That is available on Gumroad for $35, which is a ridiculously low price and it will go up at some point because 
<laughs> you're eating me out of house and home. I just can't afford to keep giving it away at that price. But there it is. It's up for $35 at the moment. Uh, you get nine books for that. It's uh, I'll leave the link below. Um, yeah, so that's that's it for my plugging, which has now taken up about half the show. Personal stuff. Uh, I went on a trip with Tom Torero a week or so ago. We went to the Balkans. We wanted to explore some of the seedy underbelly of the Balkans. And we went to some different places. Uh, so we went to Croatia. We traveled into Bosnia. And then we went to Montenegro. And uh, there's going to be some kind of video coming out of that. Tom took a lot of video content. We did we did some, some, some fun stuff. And um, you'll get to see that at some point soon. But... Uh, what I would say, Montenegro, absolutely stunning. Such a beautiful place. They filmed, well, actually, they didn't actually film there, ironically, but one of the James Bond, one of the recent James Bond films with Daniel Craig was, uh, part of it was set in Montenegro. It's absolutely stunning. It's not quite as discovered as Croatia is now. but So, so in some ways, it's relatively inexpensive, but then on the other hand... There are parts of it where you've got a lot of the rich and the famous coming there because it, it's just incredibly beautiful. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous place. So if you get the chance, if you fancy a beach holiday going somewhere near the sea, I would recommend Montenegro because it's brilliant. Okay, as I say, we've <laughs> I've now wasted about half the show um, on updates and uh, personal stuff and plugging, which is very, very bad. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit now about individualism versus collectivism, because that is the subject of the essay that I put up um, yesterday. As I say, normally the essays will come out on Friday, but I put it up yesterday. 2,000 words, I go in to, uh, to talk about individualism in some depth. And yeah, it's... Um, <clears throat> why am I talking about that? Well, because I'm just going to take a drink. Mm, nice bit of green tea. Um, I'm talking about that because I've always been an individualist, basically. And what I see happening in the community, if you want to call it that, is a move towards collectivism. And, I, I you know, it's, it's, it's a tough argument to make because on the one hand, yes, collectivism makes sense. Now, collectivism here is I'm defining as a concern for the collective, a concern for, let's say, society above a concern for the individual. And what that means on a practical level is there are certain things that you should do, regardless really of whether they're right for you as an individual or not, because they're right for the good of society. And now recently, if you follow me on Twitter, which you should do, I'm at Renegade Playboy, um, you will know that I've had a lot of fun taking the piss out of traditional conservatives and some of the Christian right and people like that because basically you've got a load of people banging on about why we should be doing certain things for the good of society. And a lot of it comes down to, you know, get married young, um, be responsible, don't be degenerate. By that they mean don't go out and drink and party and, you know, waste your, your life and on, on, on pursuits that are not you know, good for, for the greater good, go to church, become religious, be modest in your dress and your behavior, all of these different things. Now, the reason when you drill down that they are <clears throat> promoting those ideas is because what they're saying is, well, look, Western civilization or, or, you know, 
that's the, the hyperbole. But they're saying, look, society is pretty rubbish at the moment. And society is rubbish because people aren't getting married, because people don't have a sense of responsibility, because, you know, there's all this decadence and degeneracy going on. And, and that, when you, when you turn over the stone, what you find underneath that is a lot of pretty unpleasant bigotry, uh, some racism, unfortunately, and things like homophobia and so on, you know, and they will say, well, look at our society, our wonderful societies are being ruined. And the way to save society is for you, Mr. Individual, who's reading this on Twitter, to behave in a noble, upright way, because it's only by reverting back to the moral principles of before, to, to the patriarchy and so on, that we will improve the moral mess that we're all in now and uh, society will be better for our children, etc., etc. Um, you know, it, it's all very problematic. Firstly, because, you know, I would, I would like the tagline, enjoy the decline, if it wasn't for the fact that I don't really agree there's a decline anyway. I mean, you know, I spend a lot of time on Twitter and I hear a lot of people saying about how bad the West is and how terrible everything is. And then I go off Twitter and I go out into the real world and, you know, everything seems pretty all right to me. <laughs> you know, things don't seem that bad. I mean, just, just as one example, and I hate to bring this up because I don't really want to, you know, I, I find it unpleasant even to talk about this stuff because it's such, such based on fucking bigotry and ignorance and hatred. But, I, you know, I spend a lot of time in Berlin. I have a flat in Berlin. I go there a lot. It's a city that I really love. People would often say to me, well, what about all the refugees? You know, Angela Merkel's letting all of these refugees, particularly around the 2015, um, when obviously all of that happened. And, you know, people people think that Berlin is, is now overrun with, um, with immigrants. And... Um, you know, I spend a lot of time there and it, it really isn't. I mean, sure, there are people from different cultural backgrounds there, without a doubt, as there are in London. Is it overrun? No, absolutely not. It's bullshit. It's been massively exaggerated and, and overhyped by people to, you know, for political capital. Same thing in London. People will say, oh, London has fallen. London is stand. You know, we have a Muslim mayor, Sadiq Khan and everything. Well, yes, but then there was a massive gay pride procession and party at the weekend and it's kind of ironic the same right-wing people will say um who, who say that london is now a caliphate and it's fallen and it's it's an islamic you know sharia law and everything else will be the same people then complaining that there was a massive gay pride march that went through the center of it on saturday well you know it can't be both can it either it's fallen and it's become a part of the caliphate or <laughs> or it hasn't. And um, judging by Saturday, it absolutely hasn't. Um, so what am I trying to say here? Basically, that people online, and particularly, the, particularly people on the right, will try to claim that things are a certain way because they want to advance their own narrative. And actually, when you go out into the real world, you see that that's not the case. You know, London hasn't fallen, in inverted commas. Berlin hasn't fallen. Both are great places. Both are very tolerant, very liberal. You can have a lot of fun in both of them. Both of them have problems, for sure. But, you know, to say that Western civilization is on the verge of collapse is, quite frankly, a nonsense. But people will say that because then they want you to buy into their other precepts, which are, you know, you should behave in a certain way. You should get married when you're young. You should blah, blah, blah. Now, on one level, 
those pieces of advice, I'm not saying they're bad. I'm not saying that, that you know, that it's not that they're asking you to do anything terrible. They're kind of asking you to, they're saying, why don't you have a kind of traditional life? And fair enough, you know, a lot of people want that and, they need that and that's what they're into and that's absolutely fine. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. You know, you meet the right person, you want to get monogamous, you want to get into a relationship, that's absolutely fine. It's a natural thing. Most people do it. Most people end up doing it um, at some point in their lives, to be frank, and that's just how things are. But we have to look at the plight of the individual in all of this because the individual who's reading all this stuff on Twitter may be compromised by some of the things they're being asked to, to do. So if you're a 21-year-old guy and you go onto Twitter and you're reading all these people saying, yes, you should go to church and don't fornicate and uh, get you know find a good woman to get married to. I mean, we know from the statistics that people who get married too young, it doesn't tend to, either it doesn't tend to last or they end up not being very happy um, because they just don't have enough experience of life to to make a decent choice, to, to really understand what, um, you know, how relationships work, how intergender dynamics work. So that's a very clear example of the, uh, uh, somebody who may read all of this advice and then actually be, as an individual, be disadvantaged. And is there having got married after they left college and got into a serious job and got a mortgage, is that going to have helped save society? Well, no, of course not, because <laughs> society's massive and there are so many different things that, you know, that push on society. There's so many different levers that are controlling the way that society is, that you're getting married or not getting married or traveling or not traveling or being a, a, a degenerate or not being a degenerate. None of this stuff is going to touch the bloody dial. It's not going to make any difference whatsoever. And, and actually, what you might find is that you decide to behave in a traditional way and then society doesn't go the way that you want it anyway because it's being affected by other factors. And, and you know, and if you end up unhappy as a result, that's really bad, you know. I personally am an individualist. I believe that we should look after ourselves first. I think it's sensible. I don't think it's nihilistic. I just think it's, you know, it's, it's better to be like that. And look, you know, we come into the self-help space because we want to help ourselves. We want to have a good life. We want to have a good dating life. We want to not have to work in a crappy job. We want to live in a cool place. We want to have fun adventures. Um, and you get all of that. All of that is individualism, really. And that's what I've always stood for. Collectivism, I find off-putting. I find it suspicious because I wonder what the true motivations of the people who are pushing it are and often you'll find scratch the surface you'll find they are commercial I, I worry about impinging on the rights of the individual for the sake of the collective I don't think you have to do that I can see why people argue for it but um, I, I don't think it's necessary or, or even desirable um, to go down that route and it may not be efficacious either because in the end even if you do go down that route and you are traditional and you're a good boy and you do everything right, society can still fuck up anyway. So, you know, being pragmatic, and, and ultimately I've always been a pragmatist above everything else, I think you should basically do what you want as long as you're not hurting other people and as long as you're not doing anything illegal or being violent or any of that sort of stuff, you know. So, yeah, that's where I stand on it. I think individualism is getting a bad rep at the moment i think that's not the right way we should be going 
I think all of these collectivists, there's a lot of sort of holier than thou hypocrisy going around, which stinks. There's a lot of lack of empathy. There's a lot of um, lack of gratitude. You know, there's a lot of looking down on people or abuse, not abusing people, but, you know, um, denigrating people because they don't share certain views, denigrating people because they're poor, because they are, in inverted commas, broken or, you know, uh, worthless and all of that is to me all of that is the complete antithesis of, of Christianity anyway you know for me if you're not being empathetic if you don't care about other people regardless of their status in life regardless of their beliefs then you are not a very good Christian in my book that's my view anyway you you may think about it differently I'd be very keen to hear what you think but anyway this channel this podcast, my writing, my Twitter will always champion the individual over the collective because you as an individual are important. This is your life. This is the only one you get. You only get a few years here anyway. So you might as well enjoy the incline because things are getting better in the West all the time. You might as well enjoy the incline and you might as well have a good time and have a great life. And that's what I'm here to help you with. So I think that's about half an hour. I'm going to leave it there. Sorry I didn't get into the meat and drink of it for as long as I'd hoped, but uh, next week we'll do something a bit more in-depth on a different topic. Uh, so I will leave it there for now. Have a great week. Speak soon. Bye-bye.